This is Ball on Blast, part of the On Blast Podcast Network, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. If you like it, then subscribe and tell your friends. Holla. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're far too kind for tuning in to another episode of the Ball on Blast podcast. My name is Sheldon Alexander, and of course, as always, I'm joined with my guy, Andrew Webster. Webby, what is good? It is here. We <laughs> are in the season right now, and like tonight we're recording this on a sports equinox day, like one, of the, one of the rare days that you'll find that we've got not only NBA basketball and its infancy of the season, but mm-hmm. if you're down with what they play on the ice, they've got a hockey going on tonight, yep. there's uh, NFL football on tonight, and there's even a, a Major League Baseball playoff game tonight. So it's a, Lots you, you get your on. pick, you know, you get your pick tonight. Lots going on, super busy in the on blast world, we got a lot of stuff cooking up this week we uh we kicked off the debut of our wrap it up raps post game show which as always you know you can find after the raptor game on twitter uh just under my uh twitter feed of at shell alexander and of course our on blast or sorry our ball on blast podcast that we do each and every thursday night that you can always find friday mornings with me and my guy webby so you know lots going on in the on blast world because as you said webby Basketball is back, and it's a beautiful thing. A beautiful thing, right? We're, what, two day, three days into the season, and I'm already in love. I, I, the feelings just rush right back to me, right? I remember why I love the NBA season so much, right? And what's your, I mean, like you say, we've seen like two full nights of basketball here. Uh, uh, over those two nights, w- give me some of your uh, snap judgments. Give me some of your... Too early in the season predictions. Are, are, are the Suns going to win the NBA championship? Are the Knicks going to make it to the NBA championship? I'm going to say that with the Suns, uh, I'm happy I took Devin Booker with my third pick in fantasy. I don't <laughs> yeah. know how he fell to my third pick in fantasy. Oh, no, my second pick in fantasy. I don't know how he fell that far, but I'll take it <laughs> because I knew he was hurt, but he was going to play the season opener. And I was like, all right, let's go. Devin Booker definitely should be a first-round pick in fantasy basketball. I was going to say the hey, hand looks I'm fine, too. The hand looked fine. Oh, yeah. Hey, shooter's going to shoot, right? 100%. Shooter's going to shoot. Uh, but, yeah, lots going on. And, of course, you know, I mentioned that we have the Wrap It Up podcast. So, of course, there'll be lots of Raptors talk there for all you Raptor fans. And we'll find ways to fit in the Raptors, of course, into our normal Ball on Blast podcast. But this week, for sure, what we're going to do is – we're going to start off with the turn up, turn down segment, right? And for those of you that are new to the podcast, this is pretty simple. We make a hot take, and then it's either turn up, which equals good, or turn down, which equals bad. Simple? Make sense, Webby? Absolutely. We've been doing it for a year now. It better make sense. <laughs> right? So, our first topic. Obviously, we know the Toronto Raptors did work in their opener against the LeBron james list. Cleveland Cavaliers, but one person stepped up, and it might not be the person that everyone was anticipating. So the first hot take is Kyle Lowry is still the leader of the Toronto Raptors. Webby, turn up or turn down? Yeah, yeah, get it. Got to turn up on that. Uh, If it's not him, I I don't know who would be Jonas Valanciunas. But (laughs) no, Kyle's been with the ups and downs of this team for a long time. 
He's got the locker room. And I think this is something that we were looking forward to seeing uh, when the Raptors uh, took the court. You know, We wanted to see how Kyle Lowry would react to the change in environment and scenery with his best friend uh, gone off the team and replaced by Kawhi Leonard. And you know what? He looked really like we had a little mean Lowry. You know, we had Bulldog Lowry is back, man. He was excellent. And I'll tell you, he's so much of the leader that you're starting to now see a lot of his game in uh, Fred Van Vliet. I thought, that in, yeah. I thought that in the third quarter, especially when Van Vliet started to really drive and get to the rack, there were a lot of Kyle Lowry in those drives, you know? It's a really good look, and you can tell that those two guys are pushing each other, right, to play better because they're not battling for minutes, but it's obvious that if one of them isn't going, there's no fear because the other one's there. You know what I mean? They're both key cogs. Kyle Lowry, though, the thing that was super interesting was the way that things started out, if we go back to when the trade was made, for example, right? People are worried, how is Kyle going to react? Is he going to be sulky Kyle heading into this season? Then you you notice, okay, people start digging in now and, and trying to read into situations. Oh, well, he didn't really speak that much about the trade right when it happened at USA camp. Oh, training camp starts and Kyle's walking around with this hat that says one year on the side. What does that mean? Does that mean anything? Right? Like we're reading into all these things. Look at the start of the game even, right? Opening night. There's video of Kyle Lowry doing a mock like handshake yeah, with nobody. I saw that. But it's like where DeMar would be, right? And you see that before the game last night. And it's like, okay, he's like doing a handshake with the imaginary DeMar while they're outside the Raptors locker room before they come out on the court. Then, Webby, more things. Danny Green is the one that acknowledges the crowd, right, before the start of the, the Raptors season last night. And I'm kind of looking at that like, hmm, okay, that's interesting. Then who's the last one in the player intros? It was Kawhi Leonard, not right. Kyle Lowry. So all of these little things were happening, right? And it, it's making me wonder, okay, well, how's Kyle going to react? What's he going to be like? What's going to happen? And then this guy bawled last night. He just went to work, right? And, you know, we're not huge stack guys, but when a guy goes 10 for 12 and 5 for 6 from 3 for 27 points, then add in 8 assists, right? Like, that's a massive stat line from Kyle Lowry to start the season. And then add in the fact it was the little things to me too, right? Kawhi starts off slow, right? And Kawhi missed, I think, his first three shots. What does right. Kyle Lowry do? They get a steal. He's on the fast break. He slows it up, waits for Kawhi, dumps it off to him so Kawhi can get a layup to get himself going. To me, it's little things like that. Like, that's leadership, right? And you mentioned it because I know he's your Philly boy, so you're going to ride or die defending Kyle Lowry, Webby. But it was it was interesting to see, right? As you said before, he's just going to ball because that's Kyle Lowry, right? Uh, and not only that, but I think you've seen this or heard this from him in interviews that he's given before. Like mm -hmm. he's not the same player that he was in Houston or Memphis, mm -hmm. where you know as a younger guy he was a little more mouthy, a little more petulant, a little more uh, rough around the edges when it comes to speaking his mind. Now uh, he's been through a lot, he's seen a lot, he's had a lot of experience, and that. I don't want to say he's matured, but he's, I mean, to say that he's not the leader, uh, I don't know who else would be on this team. The interesting part is too, right? Like it's always a benefit because we always talk about the old cliche that the point guard is the coach on the floor, right? And so 
obviously Kyle Lowry is a key, key piece to this team. And I said it earlier, you know, they need Kyle Lowry, but they don't need need Kyle Lowry because of the development of Fred Van Fleet and DeLon Wright. Okay, I've said that. I've been on the record saying that. But here's the thing. If Kyle Lowry balls, right, and Kyle Lowry balls out like we saw him last night, the Raptors take a leap from being a team that could make the conference finals, could make the NBA finals, to a team that could be a real problem in the NBA finals and be a real problem in the conference finals. You know what I mean? Like Kyle Lowry takes him just to that next level because he's an elite three-point shooter, right? Like when you're seeing that guy in rhythm come down the floor on a fast break and just splashing a three in rhythm, that's when you know Kyle's on, right? And he adds that level or another layer to the Toronto Raptors that, again, we're talking they want to emphasize three-point shooting. Well, Lowry's one of their best three-point shooters. And if he's going, this team can go really, really far. Uh, you're absolutely right. And it's not just the offense that he brings. It's mm-hmm. that uh, it, it's the defense and the culture of being a, a, a great defender and taking those charges. Yep. Uh, just playing on both ends of the court is so important, especially if you're going to own the locker room. You're right, right too. If right? this is going to be your team, then you've got to show it, not just on the offensive side, right? You've got to be able to show that you're willing to put in the passion and the energy on the defensive side of the ball as well. And I think that especially now that you have one of the premier defenders – in the league on your team as well, and Kawhi Leonard, now that culture is just going to start to build from within itself uh, uh, in the locker room. You know, like Siakam, all these guys are going to start getting after it. Uh, and again, it, it really, sure, the talent might stem from Kawhi, uh, and Kyle's getting a little old, but man, the, the what he brings with the personality and the culture to the team is, mm. you can't put a price on it. You're totally right, Webby. And the diving on the floor for loose balls, the jumping into passing lanes, it's a little intangibles that, you know, Just people that deck. really watch. Yeah. H- hitting the deck when he's, like, driving the lane hard. And, like, that's what, you, that's what you want your guys to play for. Yeah, it's a little things that diehard Raptor fans know that when they see from Kyle Lowry, he's locked in, right? And, you know, I'm not going to really worry about the stuff, you know, that the handshake, the mock handshake with DeMar – you know, the invisible DeMar outside the locker room, right? right. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's easy to find online. Just search it on Twitter. But it, it's – I understand, right, that these people are humans. And so, of course, he's going to be affected by one of his really close friends getting traded because these guys are human, and we forget about that point sometimes, right? But the reality but in the is – Shelly, in the same vein, they're also professionals. Exactly. And, and we put a lot of weight on uh, on the personal stuff mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, how it, little things affect these uh, athletes as people. But the thing that a lot of people who talk about sports and debate sports, write about sports, what a lot of people kind of forget is that these guys are professionals, right? Yeah. So at the end of the day, this is their job, and they're going to go out and give it their all. Sure, he might be pissed that this team traded away DeRozan, but a guy like Lowry isn't going to let that affect what he does for a living. 
Exactly. Once it gets between the lines and the ball is tipped into the air, he's going to go. Because again, he knows that Kawhi Leonard is an elite player. He knows that Danny Green is an elite player, an elite player with, you know, championship pedigree. And so that just ups the level of where this team can go. And Kyle Lowry, of course, as a competitor, as a professional NBA player, you want to ride with that as far as you can. And if that's the NBA Finals, then hey, the Toronto Raptors and Kyle Lowry will be seeing heights that neither have seen before. So I'm looking forward to that. I thought that was a great game. I'm agreeing with you. I'm turning up. Kyle Lowry is the leader still of this Toronto Raptors team. And if he buys in and he's fully engaged, this team is making the NBA Finals. I'm really excited. I know it's second game of the season tomorrow, but mm-hmm. the, the the game against Boston to see how their bench matches up with the Raptors bench is going to be awesome. That I, is a big boy matchup. Oh, big man. boy matchup for sure. It's going to be sick, man. Can't wait. And again, just another note, uh, tune in to our Wrap It Up postgame show that airs on Twitter, on my Twitter feed, at Shell Alexander, right after the game. It'll be me joined by one of my friends. I was going to say, who's, a, who's the guest host this uh, after this game? See, not promoing it, right? So it's always going to be a surprise. All it's right, I like it. Surprise, you I know like what I mean? it. Maybe, you never know what's going to be there. Maybe a Brendan Dunlop will show up. Who knows? Possibly. Hey, you never know. You just never know, right? Um, but, yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. And tune in. Definitely join us. Interact with us during the game. Ask questions. We want to hear from you because this is about you. It's about us having a conversation just like you would with your you and your boys and girls who are all Raptors fans, right? But speaking of big boy matchups webby that leads us to our next turn up or turn down topic and that is last night as well not only did the raptors play but a former raptor namely demar Derozan, looked pretty good in a 112 108 uh win against the minnesota timberwolves pretty clutch shot too he hit big boy shot by demar at the very end of that game to ice that But we're going to focus in here on the gong show that is the Minnesota Timberwolves. And the next hot take here is Jimmy Butler will ruin the Timberwolves season. Webby, turn up or turn down? Going to turn down on that. Okay. Because I think that this season was already ruined. (laughs) I really don't know. I, I mean, this is something that we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. But it's now you see it happen and it's like... Man, how do they come back from this? The only thing that I kind of thought was, hey, maybe this is a Kaiser Soze situation. Okay. Where, you know, maybe that this was all all these histrionics, all this talk in the in the offseason and Jimmy Butler going to the media and everything, but then they come out, and how great would it be if he, Wiggins, and Towns were all on the same page and just came right. out on that, – that would blow the media out, out of the water. But unfortunately oh. – I, I, I don't know if it's Jimmy that's ruined the season, but definitely the things around Jimmy have already affected what's happening on the court. I mean, if you look at <laughs> Towns and how he played last night, it's Oof. it's obvious that Towns was sold a bill of goods. Of I'm sure that the ownership and the, and the front office told him, don't worry, once you sign this long-term deal, this is your team, we're going to trade Jimmy, and then cut to first game of the season and none of what you've been promised has happened. And it looked like that towns uh, let that affect him. 
You know, at least Wiggins. I mean, Wiggins didn't have the best game either. Take, you know, he was doing Wiggins things, but it, it he wasn't different. It seemed like Towns was different last night than he was last season. And maybe that's a one-off game. Maybe that's a early season overreaction. But I mean, it fits in with the narrative of you know, like he Jimmy Butler's in his head. You know. <laughs> I mean, it can't be a positive work environment, right? Like, there's no way that that is a positive work environment. And if you, I know it's a one game sample size, but if you had to guess which way this was going to go when it was announced that Jimmy Butler was starting in the opening night for the T Wolves, what, less than a week after walking in and just lambasting the entire organization in this, you know, uh, in this whole planned, Rachel Nichols sit down interview just to embarrass the organization. Like who's surprised really that when you look at the stat line, okay, again, stat lines tell you a lot of things. Okay. Carl Anthony Towns fouled out first off in 22 minutes. Okay. Carl Anthony Towns, who just got the bag needs to dominate the matchup against LaMarcus Aldridge. No, am I wrong? Well, he's got it. Right. Yeah. He's got a, score more he's got a score in double digits against LaMarcus Aldridge who's not exactly a defensive stalwart at center you know well here's the thing LaMarcus Aldridge went for 21 and 19 now shooting percentage wasn't that good it was 7 for 23 but you're talking about a big guy that goes for 21 points 19 rebounds in comparison to Carl Anthony Towns who had eight points on two of six shooting and nine rebounds and a foul out that is unacceptable, right? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Now, you can argue about the confusion and the shots and, you know, Jimmy Butler, 9 of 23 for 23 points. That's also not good. Your boy Wiggins, 8 of 18 for 20 points. 20 (laughs) points on 18 shots. Also not good. That's not good. The biggest telltale sign to me, though, Webby, that this team is really messed up, and I know the initial question is Jimmy Butler... Will will Jimmy Butler ruin the T Wolf season? I'm gonna turn down because I'm gonna say Tibbs ruined the T Wolf season, and this is gonna be the deciding factor here. Derrick Rose played 31 minutes oh. in this game. Derrick Rose shot three for 12 in this game for eight points. And when you look at crunch time, it's Derrick Rose in the game creating plays. That is not a winning formula, if you ask me, in 2018, right? And so Tibbs, I know Jimmy Butler caused a lot of this, but Tibbs, Tibbs played a huge role in how this is playing out. And now it's going to it's got to be up to him to figure out how do you fix this? How do you remedy this? Right? Because the sample size is big enough now to tell you that something is wrong here, right? Something is wrong. Well, how did they fix it, Webby? How did they do it? it? I don't know. It's funny that you brought up Tibbs. I was going to say the person in charge who thought it was a good idea to have Jeff Teague as your starting point guard and Derrick Rose as your backup point guard. That's the problem. That's who's going to ruin the Timberwolves season. Now, how d- And the sad part is Teague didn't even play poorly. Teague probably played the best of anyone on their You're team. You're probably right, actually. That's sad. Uh, I'll tell you how you fix this. Is you, I think now you have to trade Jimmy Butler. Well, I saw the headline earlier. Every, I'm not going to look it up now because there's no point. But I saw the headline earlier that Pat Riley told the Heat players that nobody's getting traded. This is their roster. Like, listen, every game he plays, his trade value is going to go down. Yeah. Because he's going to play on this garbage no team. I don't 
I don't know. Uh, like, unless they do turn it around and somehow pull it together, but right now that is looking like a dysfunctional, dysfunctional place to play basketball. Yeah, it's not looking good for the Minnesota Timberwolves and uh, their next matchup, luckily for them. <laughs> Sacramento Kings? Tomorrow night. No, no, no. They host the Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, boy. So, hey, maybe their fortunes will turn around because you got to beat the Cavs, right? Everybody should beat the Cavs this year. It is such <laughs> a strange – It's a, again, another team that could have done quite a bit in the offseason to kind of shore up where they were and – just look like a team that used to have LeBron James and now doesn't. And now they got Chetty Osman. Watch out yo, for my guy Chetty. Though. Chetty wasn't bad, okay? <laughs> yo, I'm not. Yo, I have him on my fantasy team. I'm not mad at Chetty Osman. Nice. We, yo, I'm not mad at Chetty at all. We might have to talk about Let's that. Let's go. We might have to see what kind of value I can give you back for Chetty. <laughs> well, again, yep, we both, I think. No, we're turn- we both turned down on that, right? Jimmy Butler will not ruin the TiVo season. It's Tibbs, right? Or it was already ruined before. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. Uh, a gong show in Minnesota. But again, the bright spot for Raptor fans or I guess DeMar DeRozan fans, because I think there's a lot of Raptor fans that still want to see DeMar DeRozan succeed, right? And so, again, it was a great night for DeMar. Good shooting percentage. He hit the game-winning shot over Jimmy. Uh that was a bright spot from that game last night if you're a Raptor fan. Yeah, but. and listen, they're the Spurs. I, I think, you know, that kind of organizational uh, success is not something that's going to disappear overnight, you know? Like, he, oh, he's in a good not. system for his skill set. We talked about that in the offseason. Yeah. I think he landed in the perfect place for DeMar DeRozan. For sure. Pop is going to put him in a position to succeed because that is just what Pop does. Um, moving on to our next turn up or turn down segment and someone who might not be in a position to succeed is your boy Carmelo Anthony, Ooh. who is now on the Houston Rockets and they the Houston Rockets are actually expecting things from Carmelo Anthony, but things didn't really go well on night one. And there's one reason and one reason only why that is Lala. And that is the brow who oh. put up a monster stat line of 32 points, 16 rebounds. An eight assists. To go along with like... Add in three blocks. Yeah, three blocks and three three steals or something, right? And three steals, right? And to quote a wise man named Sid Sixero, Andy ate the bull, right? Hold on, not (laughs) only that, but yo, Miritich was pretty good too. Yo, the the Pellies were looking good early. But our next turn up, turn down topic, Webby, is Anthony Davis will win this year's MVP. Turn up or turn down. A turn down. Turning down. I turn, I'll t- and I'll okay. tell you why. Because no player who gets traded in the middle of the season <laughs> has gone on to win the MVP. <laughs> well played. That just, that just doesn't happen. And I know uh, there was that great oh, quote. Oh, we're getting to that. Don't worry. Boy, no, we're, we're getting to that. Don't worry. Uh, and I'm, that's called a yes. tease. That's called a tease. <laughs> but listen – it's the same. It's kind of the opposite with Jimmy. Well, the same thing with Jimmy Butler is like, if I were the Pelicans, knowing where I'm going to go, and and I would try to trade Anthony Davis right mm-hmm. now because his value will only go yeah. down. No, definitely. Well, maybe not because I'm sure that he's going to put up some similar stat lines. But you know what I mean? Uh, like you can get so much back for that guy right now. 
you could probably get a, a, a Celtics Nets deal from somebody right now for Anthony Davis. For sure. Somebody's going to trade you multiple first round unprotected picks. And I understand why you would hesitate if you're the New Orleans Pelicans, you know, like you never want to be the team that's giving up a superstar because it's tough to get value for said superstar. But the reality is, I think the writing's on the wall, right? Like he didn't just sign with Clutch Sports, LeBron James's, uh, well, I guess not LeBron (laughs) James's company, but (laughs) LeBron James's friend's company, Rich Paul, right? He didn't just do that oh, by sorry, accident. Like, that can't be a coincidence, right? While the Lakers happen to have a lot of cap space, they have young assets. I don't know. Everything's there. But you're right in terms of the MVP. They might be lacking. They also might be lacking a starting center. What? You, you have an issue with JaVale McGee? <laughs> no. I'm joking. I'm especially joking. not if he's going to hit threes. <laughs> especially not if he's going to hit threes. But McGee after dark, I can't wait for it later on tonight. But <laughs> Oh. Boy, wouldn't Anthony Davis fit pretty perfectly with that team? Can't wait to see the Lakers debut later tonight for sure. That'll be awesome. But yeah, I'm also turning down on this. Anthony Davis will not win MVP just because this stat line is amazing, right? And we know that probably once a week, Anthony Davis is going to drop a stat line like this that just like jumps off your computer screen and punches you in the face. We know that's going to happen. But the reality is he can't keep that up to the point where it's going to drag the Pelicans to a place where he can win MVP, meaning a top, what, four, top three seed in the West? Even if he stayed the whole year, the Pelicans are going to be near the bottom of the West, I think. And so the numbers that he would have to put up, I don't think it's realistic for him to win MVP, even if he doesn't get traded and he stays there. That's just my opinion. So I am I'm joining you, Webby, and also turning down on Anthony Davis will win this year's MVP. But hey, maybe MVP of night two of the NBA? Maybe that's his consolation prize. You know what? Here's the thing. There were a couple other big dudes that are built like Anthony Davis that had pretty good stat lines. One of them was another MVP uh, uh, favorite in in the Greek freak. He looked unbelievable. And then the other one, I'll tell you who I was really impressed with on the second night of the season was DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. The Rook looked look good. Look at his stat line, man. The Rook looked good. Holy. What did he, he almost had a triple-double as well. A couple of big guys out there showing the passing skills, showing the complete game. That's what I like. What's the line? The other the one that I like. From the U.S. to the, the USSR. Repertoire. Is that it? <laughs> Yo, how the other one was? How about my boy Divincenzo too on the Bucks last Yo, night? Yo, do you follow? I, do you follow Bomani on Twitter? I know you follow. Yeah, Bomani yeah, I saw that, and I saw him <laughs> tweeting about that. White Dante, that's amazing. Like, if you don't know what I'm talking about, just go on Twitter, look at Bomani Jones and Dante. His his obsession with Dante <laughs> Divincenzo is amazing. It's one of the funnier yeah. subplots of this NBA season for sure. Because uh, one of his producers actually tweeted out, no lie, he came in this morning and was watching highlights on his phone and fist pumping <laughs> with every basket <laughs> that Dante Divincenzo was scoring, <laughs> which is just amazing. He was nice. He looked nice. Uh, it's so amazing. Uh, but yeah, that wraps up our turn up or turn down segment hope you enjoyed that and if hey if you ever have topics viewers definitely tweet us let us know we'll add in some topics for you absolutely and if you think we're bs 
Uh, although you, we all agree, you and I agreed on everything this week. But uh, sure. if you disagree, let us know and let us know why. For sure. And, uh, you know, as we move on to our Feed Me segment, <clears throat> Webby, you kind of teased what was coming up in our Feed Me segment. And as always, a Feed Me segment for those new to the Ball on Blast podcast. Feed Me segment is simple. The best and sometimes the worst things to come across our social media feeds or timelines across week to week, right? So the NBA we know is the best because of what comes across our social media feeds. So leading off our Feed Me segment, as you alluded to, this headline, Pelicans coach Alvin Gentry, okay? He said, quote, when you have someone who you can trade for anyone, I think that makes him the best or at least most valuable. Now, we aren't considering that. We wouldn't trade him for anyone, even Beyonce. I think that makes him untouchable. Close quote. So, Webby, my question to you is, you mentioned the trade for Anthony Davis. They should probably look at it. But would you trade Anthony Davis for Beyonce? Okay, well, one for one is tough. Because, <laughs> to be quite honest, I haven't seen Beyonce's low post moves. Haven't okay. been able to see her uh, out in the open court. What I have seen, she is very athletic, uh, as you can True. Uh, remember from the Super Bowl performances. And just remember the video from a couple of years ago where she is like walking down the stairs uh, at a show and she almost bails out. And yes, like she yes, like yes. hits like three or but then writes herself at the at, at the end before bailing out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bro, for you, sure. Bro, you can't coach that. <laughs> can't you can't coach it. Can't coach I don't know, it. man. I heard the greatest point too on uh I forget what it was that I was watching, but they made the point that uh you know what, you might make the deal because Beyonce has proven that she doesn't just sell out arenas, she sells out stadiums. That's right? a good point. And the NBA is a business at the end of the day. So if you can get Beyonce to sell out stadiums night after night, I don't know, Anthony Davis, I might got to make that deal for you. And again, who am I kidding? It's Beyonce. Of course I'm trading uh, you for Beyonce. 100%. I trade most things for Beyonce. What are we talking trade about? A, right trade a limb for Beyonce. <laughs> but here's the thing. About what Gentry said, it's funny. Like, I love coaches who say that. You know, like, ah, oh, uh, my guy's the best guy. I wouldn't trade him for anything. It's like, bro. I hate to bring this up, but it ain't your choice, man. <laughs> like Alvin Gentry, you're here to coach players that are on the team. Like, yeah. If if the GM, for better or worse, if he thinks it's a good idea, and if the ownership agrees, listen, Anthony Davis is out of there, he and is it's I, that is really like I think one of the bigger subplots of the season because we for all sure. know how great Anthony Davis is, but as soon as the Pelicans put together a string of losses if they're not great it's just going to be everywhere where is he going where is he going exactly if their season takes a turn right and you're anthony davis and you're on the pelicans and let's say there's an injury because i'm not talking about an injury to anthony davis but an injury to someone else on the team yeah, let's say like holiday etuan moore miritich because they're not really a deep team but if something goes wrong for someone on that team and Anthony Davis is now looking around and it's becoming apparent that he's leaving. Forget about Beyonce. You might have trouble trading uh, <laughs> Anthony Davis for like Michelle. Right? Like, <laughs> I'm not even saying Kelly. Like you might be happy to get Michelle back in this deal, right? <laughs> and some so, Kelly Rollins. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Well played, Webby. Well played. So interesting to see. Great start for uh, Anthony Davis. Hopefully he can keep it up. And yeah. 
Elvin Gentry, come on, man. If you can get Beyonce, you make that deal. Especially bro. if she can start to hit it from the outside. I mean, if she's got the mm-hmm. stroke, I mean, trade her. Trade him, I, I would say. <laughs> Bring in Beyonce. Uh, next topic in the Feed Me segment, something that came across my timeline that said Zion Williamson reportedly – so hold on. It's a backstory <laughs> on this. There's a massive, massive investigation right now into college basketball and recruiting and uh, the Adidas paying yeah. players to go to certain schools. Lots of stuff going on there that's not really getting as much pub as it probably should be but the thing that came across my timeline that was interesting it's just simple tweet and i want to get your opinion on this but it was that zion williamson reportedly asked kansas for money while on a recruiting trip (laughs) okay obviously zion williamson does not go to kansas he goes to duke so this tweet just simply said Good to see that Zion Williamson asked Kansas for money, but then changed his mind and decided to go to Duke for free. <laughs> right. So Right? <laughs> is this what Coach K was getting out in front of the other day? When he uh, when he when I don't know. Because I saw a little clip of him just saying, you know what, the college basketball isn't dirty, it's totally clean, and you know, especially mm-hmm. here at Duke, we would never think about doing any improprieties or anything like that. And I saw that and then you sent me the rundown for tonight and I was like, Oh, I wonder if those two things, the story about Zion asking for cash and Coach K getting out in front of this, yeah. I wonder if those are related. I, I don't know. It could be, right? Like, who knows? Coach K always seems to be the one that's untouchable, right? Yeah. Even doing the exact same one-and-done stuff that Calipari gets ridiculed for, somehow Coach K has been able to do the exact same thing, and nobody really looks at Coach K side-eyed at all, right? Exactly. And Super interesting there. The other interesting part to come out of today, and I didn't put this in the rundown, but I don't know if you saw the headline about uh, the D-League or the, the G-League, G-League story. Yeah, yeah. They're offering, what, $125,000 contracts? Exactly. To So basically the G-League, what the move is, Adam Silver announced today, he announced that they're going to offer $125,000 contracts to players, to high school kids, as an option so they can take that go to the g league instead of going to college and being a one and done player so that's a super interesting storyline on its own and i'm trying to find the tweet and i can't find it of course because that's how this podcast normally rolls with me (laughs) trying to find something in the moment but hey that's why we always say unpolished and unapologetic right but uh the tweet essentially had to do with the fact that would you rather take money Take $125,000 to play for Fort Wayne or go to Duke. Right. Not only like, what would you rather do? Yeah, not only that, but like, yeah, do you want to play for Sioux Falls or do you want to continue or start living a life where your games are going to be nationally televised and you're going to have some real juice when it comes to your brand? I mean, as soon sure. as you get into the G League, I mean, you're not going to be seen. Yeah. And if you're also too, I left out a very key point of the tweet that I totally like messed up the line. But it was, do you want to play? Do you want to make one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars and play for Sioux Falls, or do you want to get the bag and play for Duke? Right? <laughs> That's right. Can't leave out the bag because we know there's a bag waiting for you if you're a highly touted prospect. Is it one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars? I don't know. But it is securable. Is it close? Maybe right. You got to secure that bag. 
always, right? Rule number one, secure the bag, right? So it's an interesting thing, and uh, I guess this means the end of LeVar Ball's league. <laughs> Did it even start? I couldn't even say that with a straight face. Yeah, of course it started. Didn't we see like LaMelo slap some kid last oh, week? Oh, yeah, Wasn't that's that in right. LeVar's yeah. league? Wasn't that a thing? That's right. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, so the last thing in our Feed Me segment, the last headline, Webby. Okay. <laughs> and this is from a website that I guess some of our listeners might be familiar with if you're one to enjoy the deep dive portions of the interwebs, <laughs> such as we do. But from this is from the website BSO, which is also the acronym for Black Sports Online. That's what it was. Okay. okay, 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 okay. So the headlines on this website are always the best. Like, they're so good. But this one says, <laughs> this headline says, details on DeAndre Jordan dating Blake Griffin's ex-girlfriend. Which one? Bethany Gerber. Oh, okay. Now, I've said before on this podcast, Kay, I'm not really here for the TMZ stuff. I'm not going to like, you lie. I don't want to report you on lie. that stuff and tell different stories. Like, no, no, no. I'm saying like, I don't want to perpetuate that stuff. Do I love reading that stuff? <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> right. Like no doubting that. But this headline was just too amazing that I had to, I had to share with you this copy because this was just a great job of clickbait writing. Okay, Webby. So follow me here. Quote. Jordan started dating Gerber while he and Griffin were teammates, but he got Blake's blessing to do so. Griffin dated former Miss Kansas a few years ago before dropping her for Matt Leinert's ex-girlfriend. Okay, so follow me here. Quote, Maverick center DeAndre Jordan and his girlfriend Bethany Gerber hit up the Bruno Mars 24K Magic World Tour on Monday night in Dallas. This might be one of DeAndre's most impressive rebounds of a teammate's wow. missed shot. Wow. If you remember, Bethany used to date Blake Griffin back when they played together with the Clippers. I'm sorry, Webby. I read that and I had to share that with wow. you. Wow. You're going This at... might be one of DeAndre's most impressive rebounds of a teammate's missed shot. I'm trying to think. Slow clap for that one. I'm trying to think if he ever had a really good, like, put back jam. I'm sure he did. <laughs> Oh, gonna take man, the sh- that's amazing. Gonna take the sh- that's amazing. Gonna take the shot at DeAndre Jordan like that. A guy who just, uh, <laughs> all he does is protect the rim and rebound and, and roll to the basket. Shame. <laughs> Shame. Listen, man, as I said, I'm not trying to be TMZ. I don't want to perpetuate that stuff. Do I love reading it? Yes. But I had to share that on the podcast just because I found that headline or that copy just hilarious but to switch gears because there's no way to really switch gears from that webby i'm going to turn things over to you because your sixers happen to be doing really well tonight Ooh, up like 25 right? a nice bounce back from your sixers they're blowing out the bulls right now as we speak but they kind of had a tough go against the celtics which is probably the real matchup that we want to see where your sixers are at right so sixers corner webby i'm gonna i'm gonna turn things over to you what are your thoughts on the early season, two games in, from your Sixers? Everybody's always listening. That's what I'll say. Joel Embiid okay. had a great season last year. But in the in the playoffs, he didn't have the best performance, I would say, especially in, in that Celtics series. And, yeah. and, and here's what he did all season long was talk. And all that the Celtics were doing was waiting for him to show up because he got bullied in that first game. He did. He got pushed around. He, I mean, when you're getting blocked by Terry Rozier emphatically at the rim, I mean, like, 
So uh, here's the thing about Embiid is that I, uh, part of his personality is what makes him so popular and what makes us love him <laughs> so much. But he's got sure. he's got to realize that every night he's going to have a big target on his back because of how much he likes to talk. Now, the other thing is we're not as deep as the Celtics are by any means, and I think that's also going to be a problem when the Sixers play the Raptors. Yes, I was going to say that. They're not as deep as the Raptors either. Yeah. And then the other thing is what's happening tonight against Chicago and the uh, Raptors, or sorry, the Sixers are up like 23 points, are the three-pointers are starting to go down. That's one big thing that didn't happen in that first game against Boston was that the uh, the three-point shooting was lax. And from guys that you would expect it to be going down with, you know, like a, like a Redick and a Bobby Covington and things like that, it, they just weren't shooting well. But I think once... Who's this Shamit kid? Oh, he's from... Um, where did Van Vliet go? Wichita State. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. He's, he's a good player. Cool, cool, cool. And he's getting, uh, he's getting run. He's getting burned tonight, too. He's definitely been getting some burn. Uh, the other dude I wanted to ask you about, though, is did uh, Fultz start tonight as yeah, well? Yeah, he did. And as soon as he hit his first jump shot, the crowd went nuts. And, and <laughs> literally since then, he's been playing a lot better. He's been hustling for rebounds on the offensive glass. He's been playing pretty good defense. Uh, they look good. They, they Again, whoever is playing the Bulls is going to look pretty good. But, yeah, they look good against the Bulls. So let me ask you this, Webby. As a Sixers fan, I want to get your opinion on something. And have your expectations for Markel Fultz changed now after like entering this year? Just, and I mean that in the sense of obviously as a number one pick, expectations are sky high, right? Like you're expecting an all-star. Like you want a, a pillar of your franchise, right? Like a cornerstone, someone you're building around. But obviously Fultz had a tough go early on in his career. But now they're putting him back right in – putting him right into the fire, into the starting lineup. But as a fan, have your expectations for what Markel Fultz will be and what he can be for this team, has has that changed? Yeah, of course it has. Uh, when a guy goes through what he went through with his shot and, like, I guess the mm -hmm. yips or whatever, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just happy that he's uh, – honestly, like, last year when he came back and he played towards the end of the year, that was great yeah. to see. And, and honestly yeah. – this year is just going to be about him uh, getting comfortable in the starting lineup, seeing where he fits when it comes to uh, playing with Joel and uh, Simmons. But if he can yeah. find a niche in there, he doesn't necessarily need to be an all-star. He doesn't necessarily need to be an MVP. He should just find his role and play within the confines of his game when it comes to playing with Embiid and Simmons. And if he can find that, I think the Sixers' starting lineup can be really successful. Totally agree, man. And, and and you know what? Like on a real level, you know, like we talk about sports as if like these people aren't human beings, but on like a real like human level, it is just cool to see a guy be able to work through that and get back into the lineup and get back into the flow of things. You know what I mean? Like it, it's good to see that. Not only that, but have the uh, like the notoriously tough Philly crowd like get behind, behind you, them, yeah. get behind you like mm -hmm. that, and really feel yeah. a connection with a guy who struggles like that it's like rocky right yeah no it's interesting it's very interesting yeah no it's been totally cool um yeah and as always those people new to the podcast it probably wouldn't take you long to realize that uh our guy andrew webster is a huge philly fan so every <laughs> once in a while we'll throw out the sixers corner where you know we let webby just go and do his thing and give us our his, his thoughts on 
what's going on in the city of brotherly it's love very reserved it's very reserved right now at an zero and one and then staring down a win against chicago if they get on a nice little <laughs> run then i'll start uh jong like my boy joel fair enough fair enough speaking of jawing though webby i don't know if you did that on purpose but that's a great segue into our ask on blast segment and I will say that this message came from this question, sorry, comes from someone that you know well because he's a buddy that works at Sportsnet, ah, Timmy Heggs. Uh-huh. Timmy Heggs sent me a message that simply said, did you see Pusha T on the Joe Budden podcast? So here's a backstory. If you listened to us last week, you know that we talked at length about Drake's appearance on LeBron's HBO show, The Shop. He went on about how he felt betrayed from Kanye, how Kanye basically let him spill all his like uh, album release date. Uh, Drake felt that he opened up to him on a human level about what was going on with his son and his baby moms. And then he feels like Kanye released that information to Pusha T, which led obviously to the surgical summer and the story (laughs) of Adidon from King Push, which we'll remember was just a massive, massive moment of 2018. But Pusha T appeared on the most recent edition of the Joe Bun podcast. And again, if you are a fan of the culture, if you are a fan of the hip hop, you need to be listening to the Joe Bun podcast because that's the shit right now. But Pusha T made an appearance on the Joe Bun podcast and he tells a different tale, Webby. And his tale is that it wasn't Kanye who released said information, but it was a female friend of Drake's producer, 40. Dun, dun, who, it appears, I'm going to say this carefully, there might have been some pillow talking. Pillow talk, that's what, yeah, I'll say that. that's, what they, that's what they said on the podcast, yeah. yeah. And so now Pusha T claims that's how he found out from a female friend of Drake's producer, pillow Ooh. talking. That's where you got the information from, and not from Kanye West. My first question to you, Mr. Webster. Do you believe this story from King Push? Yeah, because so far, Push has been pretty much unassailable when it comes to his claims. Okay. Uh, Especially when we heard that uh, story of Adnan track, Mm -hmm. and there was the, uh, the line about him having the illegitimate kid. Yeah. Guess what? Pusha was right about that. He was. Pusha, Pusha also said that Drake had $100,000 in the streets to get information about Pusha T. And guess what? In that podcast with Joe Budden, he had the receipts. He had the tape. <laughs> he had the tape. He showed the receipts. Right. So Pusha T is not a, one to be telling uh, falsehoods out there. This He seems like a guy who uh, has his sources and, and, and knows the truth. Whereas, I, But I'll tell you what the really funny thing about this whole, th- this second part of this beef between Drake and Pusha T was, uh, was just the avenues that both of them chose to tell their side of the story. Ah, uh-huh. Right? Drake goes on LeBron James's show on HBO. Mm-hmm. Okay. Obviously, Drake is one of the most popular acts in music right now. Yep. And so to try and sway the opinion of the masses, tries to go out to reach as many eyeballs as he can to to make people sympathetic to his side of the story. But Push, always the real, always real, 
goes on Buttons podcast, which is known by you and I and hip hop fans uh, across the world as like the place where real heads go. And to be honest, it's also a place known and acknowledged by Drake as a place where real hip hop heads go. Because if you remember back to when Drake's album first came out, we talked about it, how Joe Budden did a great breakdown of Drake's album and was picking out lines alluding to this whole Kanye being a quote unquote snitch and releasing information about Drake's rollout, about Drake's kid, right? So there was a relationship there with Joe Budden and Drake as well. So it's very interesting just how this whole thing is playing out, but I think that both things can be true. And it's, it's interesting because our guy, Ken, right. Who's another guy we used to work. We, we used to work with that sports net, right? Yeah. Kenny was fired up because the entire time while everyone was going in on Kanye, he said, hold on guys, wait up. Like, how do you know that this is right? Like, this is just Drake's side of the story. Right. And exactly. it was interesting that, I mean, a couple of days later, he's proven right. And it made us question, like, hold on, Kenny, like, who are your sources? Like, are you an OVO? Like, what's going <laughs> on here? Right? Yo, Ken's got connections. Right. Exactly. He's trying to downplay it, but I think he might be a secret member of OVO or something. Right. <laughs> but I mean, the way that this all played out to me, it's like, OK, well, I think both things can be true. I think that Kanye might have released some information or like maybe you know, confirmed some information, let's say, I don't know. But I also definitely believe it's true. Like when you get to that level of celebrity, let's just say the female circles that these guys travel in are very familiar. Oh, absolutely. If, if they that know, makes sense, right? And not only that, but they know what they're doing too. Exactly. And as you alluded to, Pusha T isn't one to like mess around, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? I don't think he's just going to throw something out there and there's like no legitimacy behind it. Like he's just going to lie. So I think both things can be true. I think that he might have heard this from multiple sources and one of those sources would be 40s female friend, which I find funny because if you've been paying attention to Pusha T on social over the past like 48 hours, he's out there on social like liking people's comments, (laughs) retweeting like Drake lines, right, that Drake has said in other songs about this entire situation. Like it's super interesting what Pusha T's doing, but it's also the reminder that Drake should just like move on from this because Pusha T loves this shit, right? <laughs> like, this is what he was made for. Exactly. Exactly. And Drake, I, I found it interesting. We talked about it last week, right? How Drake said he made a point of not putting the energy back into you, but putting the energy into himself. And that ended up making a lot of the good songs or the songs that most people would acknowledge as being good on Scorpion, right? He made a point of saying, you know, a lot of those songs came out after uh, Pusha T released that song. So to me, it's like another thing where, okay, if I'm Drake, I'm not even going to be acknowledging this anymore. I've got to let this die down because Pusha T, you know that if Drake's out here saying that he has another song, right? And he's like alluding to the fact that if this song dropped, it would end careers and all this stuff. You don't think that Pusha T is sitting back on stuff too? Oh. Right? Uh, like you it's know almost Push like- has more in the clip. It's almost like he's goading him into it too. Yeah, like right? he's just standing there. He's like he's like that guy at the bar, you know, when 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 stuff starts to go south, the guy that's just standing there like, "Yeah, come on, hit me. Come on and hit yeah. me just so you're going to let me uh that that's just going to let me respond to you 
uh, like three times, four times as uh, as bad as you came at me. For sure. And I think my overall thoughts on all of this is even if Push did hear this from somewhere else, if Drake and Kanye thought that they were some level of friends, and I know that the term friends is always very loose, but if you're comfortable enough to where you're talking to someone about like, you know, your super personal issues about your kid and your, you know, baby mama and all that stuff, <clears throat> I think the main point is still at some level if you're that tight with Kanye, Kanye's got to shut that down. Yeah. I know that Pusha T talked about it on the pod and he said that, you know, obviously he's the head of good music. He's a grown man. Like Kanye's not going to tell him not to do anything. Like I, I get all that. But if you guys are actually friends, there's another level that things go to that's not business. I was going to say, isn't Kanye way tighter with Pusha T than he ever was with Drake? I mean, I would assume so. But I would assume so. I think, my, a good point. I think my wife just agreed with me on that one, too. <laughs> right? Um, but super amazing. And you know what? A great podcast is a Joe Budden podcast. And we hope that a great podcast is also the Ball on Blast podcast. Right, You Webby? know it. You know it. <laughs> Webby, if the people want to hit you up, if the people want to find out the thoughts, what's going on in, in the mind of one Andrew Webster during this great basketball season or this great time in sports, actually, where can the people find you? On Instagram and Twitter, it is at AWebster84, where you can see me tweet about how before NBA on TNT now, it's no longer Castle, it's NCIS New Orleans. <laughs> I'll miss Castle, though. I'll miss those, like, 10 minutes of Castle that I got before the NBA started on TNT on Thursday. <laughs> All right. I appreciate that, Webby. I, I appreciate that insight. I mean, I'm not that witty, but if you did want to get some info from me and what's going on, you can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander, which is the same place, again, where you can find our Raptors postgame show called Wrap It Up. After every Raptor game, Tune in on Twitter at Shell Alexander. You can find me and one of my friends talking about the Raptor game post game. Find me on Twitter there. Find me on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. And of course, on YouTube, just search Ball on Blast Podcast, On Blast Podcast, Wrap It Up Podcast. Hey, you killed it, podcast while you're there. Podcast. <laughs> Why not? Empire. We got a lot going down. We got a lot going down, you know? And again, Always want to shout out our podcast listeners in the different forms. Shout out to the people on SoundCloud and on iTunes and now on Google Play, which uh, I said this on the Wrap It Up podcast, but I'm going to shout them out again because <clears throat> someone messaged me last week and last week's podcast really blew up and did a really good job. Webby, our Ball on Blast podcast last week. Thank you all Kinda for listening. Really, you know, blew up on the interwebs, as the kids say, and... Someone messaged me to say, I'm going to find his name right now. His name was Tom. Tommy. Mistaken. Yes, it was Tom. Tom messaged us and he said, he asked if we could put the podcast up on Google Play. Loves the content, but it's not easy for him to access. So as mentioned before, it was something that I looked up, I looked into, and it was super easy. Put the podcast up on Google Play, sent him the link. He said, thanks for the follow-up and subscribed. That's hey. how we do it. We love the people. We are about the people here. So again, shout out to the people listening. Like and subscribe. If you go to Google Play, 
or iTunes or SoundCloud. Just search On Blast Podcast and you will find the Ball on Blast Empire. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's it, man. Blowing exactly, up. Right? Exactly. We're all here loving the NBA, talking about it every day. And as we close each podcast with the realest of realest talk, shout out to Meek Millie because I really did used to pray for times like this Rhymes to rhyme like, like this. this. This is the Ball on Blast podcast. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time. Markel Fultz. See ya. Markel Fultz just hit a three-pointer. Peace. <laughs> this is Ball on Blast, part of the On Blast podcast network. Available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. If you like it, then subscribe and tell your friends. Holla.